Welcome to the Life as a Coder podcast series, brought to you by your friends at Ozark Coding Alliance, LLC. Discussing your life as a medical coder, offering coding tips and advice for coding students and professionals. Join us every Monday. Thank you for listening to the Life as a Coder podcast series, brought to you from your friends at Ozark Coding Alliance, LLC. And our goal is to bring you timely industry topics in the field of health information management, as well as to help you understand your work-life balance. If you're a first-time listener, we thank you for listening. And if you'd like to hear more, please hit the subscribe button or follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We are found on Podbean, Spotify, Apple, and now iHeartRadio. Our disclaimer is that our podcasts are not to be taken as legal or professional advice. Podcasts here at Ozark Coding Alliance are based on our speakers' 19 years of experience in the coding and billing industry, and our goal is to share what we've learned and why we love this industry. My name is Jennifer McNamara, and I am your host. Today is Monday, April 5th. Today, I'm going to talk about my first AAPC HealthCon experience. I just got back from Dallas. As many of you know, you've been seeing my posts and I got my special ribbons to uh, show everyone my accomplishments and my excitement for attending my first AAPC HealthCon. It was such a great experience. I always uh, have been wanted to go. I, I never had the opportunity over the years, uh, this is the 29th annual AAPC conference. Um, I've been a member since 2012, um, and I've been coding prior to that since 2002. And so many years, I wanted to go and experience it. Something always happened, right? Life got in the way. Maybe that's the, the case for many of my listeners. Always wanted to attend, but maybe it was a financial issue or timing, family responsibilities, the travel, um, and so many of those things got in my way, but this year was so different and so important. And I feel like it was a great year for me to attend. Just coming out of 2020, we all were facing so many struggles. We weren't sure if many of us could attend, uh, and we had such a great turnout. We know many virtual attendees uh, showed up and showed their support on our special app that they provided for us. How many of us listeners here really enjoyed that app? That was so amazing. The developers of that app at the AAPC did such a great job putting things together, keeping us connected, helping us to feel like we're all one big happy family, which we are, right? All of us at AAPC, our membership, we feel connected because of what we do and our life as a coder. Or if you're not a coder, uh, maybe you work in reimbursement, uh, AAPC offers so many uh, opportunities for those in the healthcare field uh, to, for coders, for compliance specialists office managers, billers, you name it, right? And we had such a great time, didn't we? It was in Dallas, of course, and uh, many of you enjoyed the uh, the festivities on Tuesday evening and you you rocked your, your cowboy boots and, and uh, had uh, so much fun. But what did I learn? Well, I'm here to talk about what I learned at my first health con. Well, I started my day, of course, my first day there, we had our general session. Uh, they really prepared us this conference, what were the highlights? Well, evaluation and management 2021 was one of the big highlights, wasn't it? And telemedicine, we really learned a lot about that, uh, as well as risk adjustment. Those were, if I could name the three top uh, topics, right, that we learned in 2021 at HealthCon, they really covered E&M 2021 guidelines, they covered telemedicine, and they covered the risk adjustment. 
So important. Uh, that first opening session uh, with Ray Marie was so wonderful. And I don't want to give too much away uh, because we want to wait for those specific items to be announced. But there was some great announcements on the changes coming in 2023. So maybe you are privy to those uh, updates. But I'm super excited when they announce the changes. And just be aware, guys, there are more changes happening. We knew when 2021 came about, they're not just going to change what just part of the codes, right? Because when 1997, 95 guidelines came out, it was a guideline that all E&M services follow. So it would make sense, right, that the changes that we're seeing now are gradual, right? We don't want to just shock our providers with changing all the codes. We're doing this, they're doing this gradually to kind of, uh, give them that gradual onset of these changes. And so it makes sense, right, that they're going to gradually change the other code sets as well. So watch out for those changes as they come about. 2023 is the year. We're going to watch for some of those changes for our other code sets uh, for the 2021 uh, guidelines. There are going to be some deletions, guys. There's going to be some deleted codes. Maybe it's going to be something you're you're grateful for that gives you a headache, right? You're like, oh, I'm so glad that's gone. But but maybe it's something you're going to be, oh, maybe, well, why are we doing that? So more changes will be coming, more announcements coming um, as we get closer to those changes. So always keep up to date. Keep up to date on what's happening. We learned so much about the interpretation of some of those guidelines. Have you gone out to the AMA's website and have you looked at those revisions that came out in the month of March. Uh, we learned that there were many coders um, in our sessions that didn't know that they were there. And so it was so great. They were so grateful to, to finally be able to know that information and it really helped them make those changes um, in their coding approach in 2021. So always get out there and uh, look at those guidelines and see those revisions, keep up to date. Um, on those things. AAPC puts out some amazing updates, you know, watch their website, watch the AMA's website, CMS for sure, always watch the updates to the CMS final rule, because we want to know how our payers are interpreting, right, the, the new guidelines. Uh, when something new comes out, it does take time to adopt, doesn't it, uh, for other payers to catch up and, and adopt the way they're going to interpret things. So always uh, keep up to date and learn how you can, um, you know, help your providers stay up to date as well. My next session, oh my goodness, guys, I was so, you know, fangirl. Uh, Rhonda Buckholz has always been one person that I love to hear speak. In 2018, I attended um, a ophthalmology conference in Orlando, Florida, and I had the privilege of hearing her speak about compliance and uh, specific to ophthalmology. Uh, but this time, you know, she was talking about effective compliance policies and how clinics can adapt, right? Because one of the things I learned from her that I just think was so amazing as an office manager myself right now, uh, learning about how to adopt these for my specific practice, there are certain individuals in a practice that um, may or may not um, do a certain task. And so you have to tailor your compliance policies to your staff. There are a lot of vendors out there that offer compliance programs that a lot of offices adopt because they want to have someone that is, you know, compliant and that understands uh, the industry and how things should be compliant. But a lot of those policies are just tailored as a blanket, right? Like it covers so many things. You have to get in there and you have to tailor it to your practice and make sure it works for your facility. Have your, your of course, your HIPAA compliance, your privacy notices. Make sure you have a compliance for your clinical staff. 
Make sure you have compliance for your billing and coding staff. How are they going to respond to certain issues that pop up for them on their side of things? For us in reimbursement, we have our own compliance training that we have to go through because we have certain tasks that affect uh, the compliance nature of things. So great information. So I'm really looking forward to uh, watching that recording again. It's going to be amazing to be able to review these presentations. And then, of course, being in plastic surgery, I had to attend uh, fine-tuning your documentation for medical necessity in the cosmetic plastic surgery clinic. And Stephanie Thomas did an amazing job. She is so high energy. I just love her. I feel like, hey, we're so similar. We're so high energy. I love her. And uh, she, of course, is the owner of the Elite Medical Coding, uh, another billing company just like mine. And we're, um, that's why I just really appreciated her take on things coming from where I come from, being an RCM and a revenue cycle manager and, and the things that we have to understand on a full scale, right? We have to understand uh, the coding, the billing, the insurance payers. We have to understand all of these pieces uh, when we're trying to make a successful practice in cosmetics. And, and medical necessity, we got to know the difference, right? We have to know how our payer interprets medical necessity uh, when it comes to billing either the insurance or if it's cosmetic, if we can bill it, right? And so she did a great job explaining some of these procedures that are cosmetic in nature, but how we can help our providers increase their reimbursement by digging into our payer policies. We may just think, oh, it's cosmetic, we can't bill it. But pay attention to that medical necessity. It might be there. That patient may be there because they have a problem with that area. And it could be that that problem is covered by their particular payer. So don't just write it off. Don't just assume it's not payable. Get in there. Dig in there and learn about those payer policies, especially when you have a practice who does cosmetic and medical um, procedures that are built to the insurance. So important. And then, of course, Oh my goodness, you guys, I got to meet Peggy Silly and Craig Larson in person, and it was such a joy. Craig is amazing. I have connected with him on LinkedIn. I just love his energy, and then seeing him present, he was so funny, so dynamic. I just, I, I was just enthralled. I was just, what do you say? I just connected, right? And uh, the AAPC is always looking, right, for individuals to become SMEs, they call them, right? Subject matter experts. So I attended Strategy Makes Experience, evolving as a subject matter expert. It was such an interesting presentation because it was about how us in the field who have experience, maybe we are timid and shy and we don't feel like we're gonna be a speaker. There are those that don't like to speak in public, those that just like to do their work and, and keep their head down right, but they know things. And so many of you out there, you know things. You've been in the industry a long time and you know your stuff. And if you like to write your thoughts down and you like to explain things, maybe not vocally, but you like to write, there, there's a need for you. They have blogs. Uh, they have articles. So many things. Um, the Healthcare Business Monthly, I had the opportunity of writing an article in December for Healthcare Business Monthly. And so many coders and, and specialists, physicians, clinic managers, Everybody, right? They all read that magazine. And it's amazing how many people you can reach um, with your information that you want to share. So don't think that there's a topic that nobody's going to want to hear about. If it's about healthcare, if it's about managing our life as a coder, right? Um, or coding topics, things that are going to help somebody, right? Whether they're a new coder, experienced coder, we all have something to learn from each other. 
And one thing that struck me that Peggy mentioned, and it just touched my heart because she's been in the industry a long time. She's a very humble, but she's also a very dynamic speaker as well. She really, really knows coding and she's so much experience. And what she shared with us was so touching that we are all members of the AAPC. And yes, there are times where we get frustrated uh, and we get where we just don't know if we want to keep doing this. Uh, but how nice it is when we're reminded that we're professionals and when we treat each other professionally and with kindness and respect, it really shows that true nature of a healthcare professional. And members of the AAPC are no different. We want to show that kindness and, and be courteous to our speakers, to those uh, that we represent. Uh, and so we want to keep our negative comments to, a, to a, uh, you know, down. And if we're representing AAPC as a member, let's try not to um, make negative comments about the AAPC uh, and about other coders. Uh, one thing that I noticed, um, you know, in, in recent years is that sometimes we can get a little complacent and not appreciate uh, all of the work that goes into what the AAPC does. I've seen comments out there, and this is my platform, guys. This is my podcast. And so I am going to share um, some of my thoughts. I've seen so many negative things put out there about the AAPC, about other organizations. We're all in healthcare. We are professionals. And we need to be respectful of others. And maybe they share something and we don't understand the full picture. We don't understand why that um, is being said. So don't we don't want to always judge that person for what they're saying, what they're coming back at, especially on social media. It's so hard to know the full picture and the, and what they're trying to you know put out there. And maybe you're you're struggling finding the job, or you're struggling you know with a course you're taking. Uh, instead of going towards the negative, think the positive. Think about what do I need to help me succeed? Who can I reach out to that will help me versus I'm never going to get this. Nobody wants to help me. The AAPC is not providing enough education for me. And it goes on, right? So let's be positive and, and be respectful of each other and help each other. That's my, my two cents that I wanted to put in. And then, of course, next on Monday, um, I got to speak, which was a great privilege, on Global Billing and Modifiers. I got to discuss, of course, the modifiers that we see in the global billing process uh, the, for this E&M services and the surgery. I threw in some extra modifiers in there. But I talked about, you know, my um, experience with modifiers. I wasn't always a fan, right? I told everyone this. I thought they were difficult. There were too many of them, right? And there were times where I didn't understand how to apply them correctly. And over the years, I received so much training uh, from the AAPC specifically. Uh, and then, of course, some amazing mentors that helped me along the way, who I am grateful for. And you have to keep learning and keep growing. And like I said, if you feel overwhelmed by modifiers, just take a few at a time. Give yourself that step-by-step -step progress to learn and maybe master a few of them. I like to say, start with your E&M ones, the most used ones, right? And then if you're a surgical coder, move into those global ones, the 58, the 78, the 79. Then move into maybe like trying to understand some of your payer modifiers. Remember, there are some modifiers that are payer specific that are not in your CPT codebook or your Hicks Picks manual. These are modifiers that are specific to a payer. And how many of us did not know, and you know, years ago when we found this out, maybe some of us a light bulb went on when we're trying to take our exam and we're like, okay, they're asking us these reimbursement questions about the NCCI guidelines. That's not in my book. 
Well, guess what, guys? It is. It's in the back of your HixPix manual. There is an appendix. Uh, in the Appendix B in the AMA version and in the AAPC version, Appendix H, there is a whole section on indicators for modifiers, the NCCI guidelines, how to interpret the modifier 59, all of these uh, bundles. Guys, it's in there. And so check out your HixPix manual in the appendix. Look at your entire book. There are so many resources that these publishers give us that we may or may not know are there. So check it out, it's amazing. And then finally, I was able to attend uh, the deep dive into common orthopedic surgeries. And I really learned a lot from Heather. Heather uh, is a compliance officer, has a lot of experience in orthopedics. And she really helped us to understand some of those clinical definitions of some of the uh, the procedures that we do, really understanding with our, those images. I'm a visual person, so I loved seeing those images of the knee and the hip, some of those procedures that we that are performed that can be a little complex. And then also we had a great discussion together as a group. We all came together and we discussed together some of these coding um, issues that we're all having with orthopedics. And so I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time meeting uh, my fellow ortho coders in, in the industry. And I look forward to next year, Washington, D.C. Oh my goodness, guys, it's going to be so amazing. And whether you're attending virtually or in person, always be cognizant and be safe when you travel and, and make that decision for your, your education if it's something that you wanna do. We know health con is not required, right? But it's such a great opportunity. So save your pennies, start saving now. We always come to that next spring and we're thinking, oh, I wish I would have bought my health con ticket. Well, start now, start saving your pennies, put that money away. I am amazed when I bought my house, how little time it took me to save money when I really wanted something, right? So it doesn't take any time at all. Save your pennies, get out there, think about what you wanna learn next year. Get to know you. What are you struggling with? And then down the road when they, they announce it, right? And they tell us, okay, this is what's coming. You know, we're gonna be prepared, right? We're gonna be like, that's, that's what I wanna attend. I'm gonna be there in, in DC with my fellow coders. Grab a buddy, say, hey, let's let's travel together. Let's let's get out and let's do this. Leave our husbands home and, and let's uh, get out there and uh, let's learn, right? So that's one of the, some of the things I learned. Now, unfortunately, you know, many of you know, I broke my ankle in September and I wasn't sure I was going to have this amazing experience at HealthCon because of my injury, but I did wonderful, I think, for the circumstances. We got there in Dallas, I got to my hotel, I walked across, the Gaylord Texan, of course, is a beautiful hotel, I tell anyone, it's, it's amazing. So I walked upstairs, I walked to the, the conference room, listened to that first journal session, I did okay. The next day I knew I was gonna be on my feet all day. It's an all day thing. So. I get back to my hotel Monday evening and I am dying, guys. And it was so bad. My ankle looked so fat, so swollen. And I'm like, my therapist and my doctor would be so mad at me that, <laughs> that I did this to myself. But I did it. I survived it. I didn't get to attend all the sessions I wanted to on Tuesday and then Wednesday. But I had such a great experience, guys. And the little that I got to attend, I didn't get to attend all, all the days, but I really enjoyed my experience and I say it's so worth it. My first HealthCon experience was amazing and I know many of you who I got to meet there who are my listeners feel the same way and we got to meet and we got to network and learn from each other and it was such a great time. So I encourage you, if you have the opportunity to attend, make it happen, do it for you, do it for your education so you can grow as a coder. 
want to thank you for joining me for this presentation, this podcast on my first AAPC HealthCon experience. It's always my goal here to inspire y'all and to educate you. I want to always put out that knowledge is power. The more you know is really going to help you in your career. And the more you share what you know with others is also going to help you and help them. Don't give up on coding. So many want to give up. And it saddens me because there was a time I felt that way and I wanted to give up. I didn't feel like I could keep going, but I I persevered. I had some great people behind me. So if you feel like giving up, network with someone, grab somebody that that you trust and tell them how you feel. Have them help you get over those feelings and and find a way to, uh, you know, get outside of that box of negativity and and feeling like you can't do this. And so when I come and I talk about these topics, my goal, of course, is to help you with your work-life balance, coding issues, and just life, right? How are we going to get through this life doing what we do? And I want to thank you, my sponsors, Ozark Coding Alliance. And until next time, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Life as a Coder podcast series brought to you by your friends at Ozark Coding Alliance, LLC. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. It helps us share the show with other coders, students and professionals just like you. Come back every Monday for a new episode. We'll catch you then. Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Be sure to reference this podcast when you place your order.